You're listening to the 11th Bitachon Podcast, and I'd like to share with you a thought based on something that I read in the Bitachon Weekly, which I highly recommend if you send an email to bitachonweekly at gmail.com, not related to me, but uh, they have an amazing weekly Parsha sheet, which is all about Bitachon and Havardic and just beautiful, inspiring concepts. One of the things that I read recently in the Bitachon Weekly he talked about gratitude. He spoke about the fact that he met, this is Rabbi Yehuda Mandel from Lakewood, he met a certain young man who was a, uh, in a certain kolel, and the guy said to him that he has no nisyanis, he has no troubles, he has no problems. And when trying to understand why that was, or what's the reason, what's the secret, he said that his relationship with Hashem is all about gratitude. His connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is just about thanking, saying thank you Hashem. That's what he does all day long. He doesn't ask for things. He doesn't, that's what it sounds like. He doesn't ask for things. He doesn't complain. It's all just thank you. And I was very struck by this statement. I was very struck by the idea that it's possible to be focused on one's relationship with Hashem and think only about the fact that I have everything that I need. I've mentioned previously that somehow, even though it seems to be a steer, it seems to be a contradiction, somehow Bitochen is connected to Histapkus. Trusting that Hashem will give me everything that I, that I want, somehow is connected to me having a feeling that I have everything that I want. And I just had a conversation with my sister, who is the leader of the women's group of the Bitochen group. And, and uh, one of the things that we talked about connected to Bitachon, how does it work actively? How does it work? How can I, what practically, what can I do? Someone just emailed me asking, what are the practical steps? And I think that this is an incredibly powerful, practical way to work on it. And I want to relate it to the discussion of Yosef Atzadik, which we've been speaking about. And I think that there's really a beautiful explanation in the story of Yosef based on this idea, based on this concept. And it's like this. When, as, I, as I explained previously, and I wanted to talk about it in terms of gratitude now. I spoke about it when it comes to histapkus, when I'm in a place of histapkus, when I'm in a place where I feel like I have everything that I need. That's the same, really the same location, so to speak, the same feeling as gratitude. So when I feel like I have everything that I need, so that's really the same place as bitachen. The way that the altar spoke about bitachen is that I feel like I already have the thing that I want, the thing that I'm having be talking about. In fact, it's possible to feel like it's it's so real. The the thing that I'm having be talking about is more real than the money that's in my pocket. Amazing. It's possible the money in my pocket will be stolen, but the fact the thing that I have be talking about that Hashem is going to give me, so that I'm going to get. I'm going to get for sure. That's that's how powerful bitachin is. I already have it in my mind. So it's very much connected to the gratitude. When a person feels gratitude, they they feel like they already have it. It's like wow, I have everything that I need. Hashem has given me everything that I need. It's the same feeling around bitachin. I already have the thing that I want. That's the or the thing that I have bitachin around. The thing that I trust Hashem that He's going to give me. It's the same feeling. It's being in the same place. I already have it, and I'm grateful for it. I'm already grateful for the thing that I, that I haven't yet gotten, but I feel like I already have. So the, the kind of, uh, I don't know exactly what to call it, the meditation or the, the exercise that I had my sister do, and that I, I would like to work on, and I encourage you all to work on, is speaking about what am I grateful for, right? 
Hashem, I'm grateful that I have a, a beautiful family. I'm grateful that I have a beautiful home. I'm grateful that I have a car. I'm grateful that I, can, that I woke up this morning. I'm healthy. I'm grateful that I can breathe. I'm grateful that my heart is beating. I'm grateful that I can walk. Thank you, Hashem, that I live in Eretz Yisrael. Thank you, Hashem, that I can learn your Torah. Thank you, Hashem, that you made me a Jew. Thank you, Hashem. And thank you, Hashem. In the same voice, in the same tone, in the same feeling. Thank you, Hashem, for the thing that I don't have yet. It's almost like I need to say, let's say I want uh, I want $1,000. Thank you, Hashem, that you've given me that $1,000 that I need. Thank you, Hashem, that you've paid my mashkanti, you've paid my mortgage. Thank you, Hashem, that you've given me the money that I need to pay for groceries. Whatever it is that a person is having to be talking about. Being in that same space as gratitude, of gratitude for something that I already have, to move the fulcrum over and be grateful for the thing that I know that Hashem is going to give me, that I trust Hashem that I'm going to, that I'm going to receive. That, perhaps, is a, is a way of approaching Bitachan. It's being in that same place, being in that same feeling. I already have it. I already have the parking spot. Thank you, Hashem, for, for giving me the parking spot. Thank you, Hashem, for taking away this allergy. Thank you, Hashem, for give, taking away my cold. Whatever it is that we're, having, that we're having to be talking for. And I was thinking that if we look at the story of Yosef, this could be a beautiful pshat in what was going on in the story of Yosef. And I, I constantly am listening, as you know, to, to my Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Per, to his vadim on bitachon. And uh, one of the things that he recently spoke about this, this section of Dark Yibitachan that we're reading now. And he said that Yosef, he spoke about the fact that Yosef, he recognized, he saw that his ticket out of jail, there's only one way that he's going to get out of there. And that's if the guy who's the highest in the, in the entire hierarchy of Mitzrayim, which is Paro, pulls him out. And he's, and he's like, wow, how am I going to get to Paro? He's like... How, you know, it's imagine if I said I'm going to just send him, you know, I'm going to get a message to, to the President of the United States. It's not something that just anybody can do. You have to have the right person. And there's the person right in front of him. And it's the Saramashkin. And he says, he's, that's why he says to him, tell Paro about me, take me out of here. He recognized immediately that this was his ticket out. Hashem had sent him the person who, in theory, would be able to connect to the only one who could take him out of jail. Now, the thing is like this. Here's the word. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful in light of what we've been saying. Because when I have true bitachin, I know. I'm already there. I'm already at the end. I'm already in that place where I'm going to, that I have what I need. Yosef was already in the place of Geula. He knew from the dreams from, from so many years ago. From, at this point, it was, it was 13 years before. He knew from the dreams that he's, actually, I'm sorry, uh, 10 years before, that he knew from the dreams that he's going to have what he needs. He knew that he's going to become the leader of Egypt. He knew he was going to be leader over his brothers. Right? So he already had it planted inside of him. He, he saw the end already. And here again, he sees the end. He sees the Saramashkim as his ticket out. He sees that he's out. But you have to stay in that place. If a person who's on his level does an action and says, you help me out of here, then he's, then he's not at the end anymore. He's not in the space of gratitude for being released. And... Because of that, because he fell out of the place of already feeling like he's already released from jail, because he fell out of that place, he had to remain in jail for another two years until he took that long for him to get back into that place, back into that headspace of feeling like I already have what my bitachin is. I already have what Hashem wants to give me. I already have what I what I need. I already have 
what I trust in Hashem that He's going to give me. So that's perhaps a beautiful, I think a beautiful shot in the story of Yosef and, what, and, and how he lost it. You know, what was he got punished? It's not just a punishment, but it's, it's, a, it's a litmus test. It shows where, or he, you can see, we can see from the story that he's no longer in the place where he is already redeemed. He's already free. The reason that he always moved up the ladder, no matter where he was, was because he was always in a place of redemption. He was always in a place where Hashem is with him, where Hashem is helping him. Everything that he did, he saw Hashem was being matzliach. He said, when he gets the power, he says, Biladai, it's not me. He knows it's just Hashem. He knows that any power that he has, anything that he can accomplish, is only because of the fact that Hashem is helping him. So he's, as long as he's in that space, he knows that he's going to be helped. As long as he's in the space where he knows he's going to have the answer for Paro, he says, it's not me. Right? He recognizes that. He knows he needs to remain in that place. The moment I start opening my mouth and saying, yeah, it's me, I'm out of the place of Hashem. I'm out of the place of, of Geul. I'm out of the place of redemption. I'm out of the place of Bitachan. But if, I'm, if I remain in the space of, of gratitude, in the place where I have it already, and I can even, then I can even extend it to, I have already the thing that I don't have yet. And if I can get into the place where I already have what I want, that vision, and of course, it's always about, in Bitachan, it's never about me having what I want. It's always, it's, it's never an expectation. It's always, I know Hashem, and my relationship with Hashem will guarantee that I will have what I need, what I need. And I'd like to continue, we have a few more minutes, to continue in Darke Bitachan. And he's speaking about the idea of how does it work that a person can can work and understand and try to figure out where are the boundaries, right? Because we're trying to figure out, we're trying to understand what are the boundaries of bitachon. But he says this also in regards to to figuring out where where a person's chesrenes are, where a person's lacks are. When a person is trying to find where are the outer boundaries for the things that the mistakes that he makes, the, the things that pull him in, the Yitzhahara. He says an amazing thing, which we spoke about last week. That before a person finds the precise location of where he needs to be in order to not fall into his Yitzhahara, his evil inclination, to find the precise location that's not too far and not too, not too close, that it's in the exact right location, before he has chosen the correct boundary for himself, an amazing thing will happen. A person will make a mistake. He'll fall in. He will do the Avera. He will trip over. He'll fall over the cliff. But now he knows where that line is. His eyes were closed. He couldn't see where the cliff was. But now he's learned his lesson. But this type of stumbling block this type of mistake is not considered a full mistake. Because by falling in and, and, and tripping over the edge, so that is something that if the person is a Talmud Chacham, the person is trying to learn and doesn't think that whatever he does is already correct, even if he falls down. So that will provide him with new information as to where the edge is. It's not going to cause him to become prideful and say, I'm the only one that's found the true path. Which is not so when it comes to a Chacham. Now, this is an important thing that he's teaching us 
It's not so much about bitachem, but it is, it's a general spiritual principle that I need to be willing to learn. And a person who already thinks that he has all the answers, or that whatever he does is already correct, they're in trouble. But that which that which a person stumbles over, he thinks that he's a Talmud. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is the person who is a Talmud, a person who's a Talmud who's looking for the right way. So he knows that he needs to keep going further. He needs to get a deeper depth. He needs to figure out where the lines are. It's so he will use the mistake that he made as a lesson for himself. Which will help him rise up. We get higher from it. Because the stumbling block itself is a shining light. But it's also possible that the stumbling block can blind him. It cause him not to see the correct path. Since it's sometimes necessary for a person to trip and fall in order to learn where the where the where the lines are. As my father always told me, sometimes you gotta learn it the hard way. And sometimes a person who has learned it the hard way doesn't make that mistake. Or often, if a person learns it the hard way, doesn't make that mistake. A person experiences the mistake himself. Only through this powerful type of experience of having fallen can a person then have a very clear line for himself where they can go and can't go. Because then it will be extremely clear only in this way, with this boundary, can a person maintain his true spiritual his spiritual desires. If the person will move even a hair's breadth away from the way that he knows now that he needs to be, so then the person will lose his entire service of God. He will open up for himself an opening to fall further and further. Okay? So, um venimsa. Let's see if we can finish this off, or at least start it. That the stumbling block itself is truly a light. It's a candle in the darkness. That the mavakish, the person who is truly seeking to do what's right, will be able to use to find the correct path. That a person doesn't figure things out until they have fallen and tripped over, the, over, this, over this issue. Because he sees that if he turns a little bit away from the truth, he will lose his exalted level. That the person uh, has learned, he knows how to get up from this, this fall. And this is what the verse means when it says that the tzadik, the righteous person, falls seven times, but he gets up. Because when he falls, he doesn't say now, oh, I fell, this is the right way to go, and now I'm going to have a new way of living. I'm going to continue in this way. No, that's not what he does. He uses it to teach himself. He recognizes that the fall is not the correct way. This type of clarification is the best that there is. 
Lachain Shavi Potsadik become and therefore <coughs> excuse me. The tzaddik falls seven times and gets up. He doesn't stop searching for the right way because he fell. No, he goes back to searching. Is this the right way? Have I fallen? Then the fall itself helps him in his continued search for what's right. Because it helps him clarify where is he strong and where is he weak. Where, where are the measures? Where is the correct place? So I thank you for listening. I remind you, if you'd like to be part of the Bitochen group, we have a men's meeting on Sundays, and we have a women's meeting on Wednesdays. And send me an email, thebitochengroup at gmail.com or arigoldwag at gmail.com.